Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, and I have a path of recovery, I think. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm Jenny. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. And we got a whole slew of people here today. A first for Recovery Sort Of. There's six of us in here. So uh, we're, we're going to be talking about the All Paths Recovery Program, and I don't want to say a whole lot about that. I just want to introduce people. So we got Steve and Matt and Angelo, and uh, they're all here, and so I'm going to let them kind of take over for a little while and tell us about all paths recovery and what they think. And then we'll have a shit ton of questions. <laughs> I'm going to go first though. Cause I'm going to, there's not enough mics or chairs and, uh, but I just, I just want to go first. I really wanted to have Matt and Steve on because, um, we've had an all paths show before, but that was like two years ago with a guy named Matt. But with a guy yeah. named Matt. That yeah. is not required. Very yeah, you don't different need to there is a requirement in all paths that the guy that talks about it is named Matt. <laughs> right. That's, it needs a Matt. A and it's two T's, not M-A-T. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Right. No M-A-T's in all paths. No, I'm just, wait, there is. No. Well, maybe you need to change your name to M-A-T. And yeah. Just now we're on to something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think in recovery sort of history we've done two episodes on the same program but the program's changed it's been two years you know it's changed so i hang out at the recovery center the voice of Oprah recovery center it's kind of like a clubhouse in the area so like you know I, I meet people in different recovery programs and different paths and i kept hearing about this all paths meeting and i met matt i actually met matt volunteering at a fundraiser but then i would see him because he was working there and i would see him like every thursday but I'm also hearing a buzz about the All Paths meeting. People going, people like, oh man, you know, that's been so good for me and sending people to this meeting or, or people just passing by like, yo, I'll see you at All Paths. And I'm like, what is all the buzz about this All Paths? Um, and I would say in Cecil County, it is predominantly NA. Like that's the most popular meeting. But I would say All Paths is a close second. Is, is NA? Biggest around Bigger here? Bigger than AA, you think? I thought with all these old white dudes, it would definitely yeah, be AA. That's what I <laughs> thought, too. NA has, like, you, NA has, like, 50 people meetings. Any of the AA meetings I went to were, like, 12 to 15. They're uh, never as epic okay. as, like, NA meetings. Like, 100 people meeting never happens. They're like VFW halls. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The same eight guys <laughs> drinking. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and, like, Recovery Dharma, like, we've most ever had is, like, 12. Or, like, I heard about Smart or um, Celebration. It's, like... Like a, d a dozen people. Okay. Sorry. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I would see Matt routinely, and he's like, you know, like, hey, when you come to my meeting? I was like, oh, one day, but my routine's pretty full. So, but I was so curious because of all the stuff I had heard about All Paths. So I did go to a meeting, and um, it was really awesome. And I would say that, like, the vibe and the energy I felt in the room was not something I have felt in a recovery meeting in a long time. And I don't even feel that in my own home group meeting. Now I still go to my Buddhist recovery meeting because that's really what I need. But when I went into All Paths, first of all, I felt lucky to get a chair, a cozy chair. Like it was full, <laughs> the <laughs> space was full. And it was just like kind of the, the rawness, the realness of the room and the compassion. So 
like I actually got goosebumps in the meeting and I kind of wanted to cry. Like I wanted to slow time down. It was that good. Mm. And I was like, God, this is like filling the cracks of the recovery community that we needed. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that all paths is love. That's what it is. <laughs> and mm. all paths of recovery lead to love. Yeah. I mean, all, <laughs> no, all paths is love. I was like this, this meeting is what I think any recovery community hub needs and if i didn't have my busy family life and responsibilities there and only time for one meeting i would go to that too because well you guys don't need so to say good. anything jenny just did your whole yeah. commercial <laughs> for and your next advertising so <laughs> i'm going to turn campaign. it over to steve and matt and angelo uh, can i can i ask yeah. you something uh-huh. and I, I i don't mean to do this i know it's not <laughs> the focus <laughs> what would make you say I go to my recovery Dharma meeting each week or my Buddhist recovery type meeting because that's what I need. But then talk about how you went in this program okay. and got really emotional <laughs> and connected yeah. to it and you felt like so alive and like love. And I don't know. I'm like, right, well, why wouldn't question. that be what you need? Yeah, it's a fair <laughs> question. I have thought about that too. But see, I started the Buddhist recovery meeting, so uh-huh. I kind of have a leadership responsibility there. Mm. And I really think that the Eightfold Path is my... Uh, path to not just recovery but life like studying the eightfold path is for me and yes i can do that outside of an all pads meeting but now i also have sports on wednesday night so i can't what, uh, would, uh, what would sid author say about his leadership role as it comes to buddhism who? buddha buddha oh what would <laughs> what would he say about oh, his leadership yeah, yeah. role and responsibility well that's true but i'm also that's living in this world yeah <laughs> right, i'll stop <laughs> picking on you yeah, i'm also i'm also in like living in this world of oh, responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't want if i walk i'm, I'm working on it though i'm then dave is good for pointing out that like you got to watch the tree on the side of the road while you're driving it does matter yeah yeah he's and good at that i am kind of i've been turning over like hey you can lead a meeting hey you can organize this hey you can do that so. i was just curious it was interesting to see you talk so passionately about the feeling you experienced there but then say this other place that doesn't have that is what you need i was like what makes yeah. you think that all right thank that's you doctor <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that's all i wanted to say i just i'm like it was it's I've been watching all paths from the periphery. I only dipped my toe in with one meeting, like super impressive, and I'm glad we could do this show. You used a word when you were describing them, right as we turn it what? over to them. Uh, I'll tell you in a sec. <laughs> <laughs> and at, when I did a search, I was like, oh, all paths recovery. What do I need to know before I go in here? Is there other versions of this? Are there other things to talk about? Like, So I did a Google search. I just put all paths recovery. And the top search link that comes up is called recovery always. But it makes the acronym RAW. And I was just like, I like that. <laughs> Why didn't they use RAW? That's kind of awesome. I hope they get into that And you that said today. rawness, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it raw. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. So, so yeah, let's, let's, let's here, let Steve and Matt and... I'll let Steve go because he's the first one to get involved with this. So I'll let him start. All right. Uh, so like they said, my name is Steve. Um, basically... I was asked to choose a pathway of recovery uh, in my job, and um, I hadn't really actually been in recovery. I'd been clean, but I hadn't actually been in recovery. Um, so a friend of mine, Matt, that you guys met, he, uh, he was doing the meeting called All Pass for a little bit, and it just dropped off. And so um, I just... I didn't fit in the the NA box and I didn't fit in the AA box. So I said, well, you know, let's let's run with this all pass and try to try to make a whole new different way of recovery. And so I did it in the basement for 
you know, probably about six months by myself, uh, just doing meetings, um, just me talking to probably about six to ten individuals. Um, I had really die-hard people that were coming to each meeting every night, uh, every Wednesday night, and um, I just, it, we didn't really start necessarily growing as big to where we are now until uh, Matt got involved. And I'll let you go from there. So like he said, when I got involved, there was no literature. There was no like formats of the meetings. We'd go in there with a small little reading about all pathways because there's people out there that do use medical marijuana, suboxins, methadone. And I and I'm a person I was going to several NA meetings and um not that I discourage anybody from going to those meetings, but uh I was watching this person chair a meeting. And she was coming up on a celebration. They found out she was on maintenance. Mm. And they there was several people that were coming to walk out on her. And wow. it devastated her for her first year. They were coming to the meeting just, just to, to get out. up and walk out. And it, it really crushed me. And that same night I came to Stevens because I practiced AA when I, that was my pathway. Right. And um, so I came to Steven that night. I was like, look, I want to go. Mm. So me and Steven really buckled down into it. Um, we wrote all of our literature Wow. We've now introduced steps to our, our literature. We got traditions to our literature. Okay. Um, we're introducing like a we call it a big brother, big sister program. Wow. So which is pretty much a sponsor. Okay. Okay. Um, we, we did a mission statement. Um, we are now fully copyrighted. Damn. We are also trademarked. Um, we also have nine meetings a week. Damn. Okay. Th throughout, throughout. Baltimore County, Harford County, and Cecil County. Wow. So, and now I'm in talks of maybe moving into Frederick County. Okay. Um, so there's some things that are in the works. Um, a couple other things that we're really getting involved with. Um, we we not only do meetings, we do hikes every other week. Okay. We do recovery hikes. Um, we got people that are very educated, like with nature, that come on these hikes and educate people about nature and Get out there, talk about our recovery, and just have a good time. It's basically a walking meeting. 100%. Right. So then we're getting people, like, a lot of people, our average meeting, our big meeting, average is about 50 people. Wow. Um, so then we getting people that want to be involved. They're like, we want to help. Like, how do we do service work? How do we do this? So August 12th, we're going to start feeding the homeless in our local community every, every Saturday. So that's something that we're going to target into just like we need to do more as a community versus just being a meeting right because right. we want to be all around support for everybody because we don't take just drug addicts we don't take just alcoholics we don't we take mental health like we take all of the above it doesn't matter what you're struggling with we're here to help right and how our typical meetings run we do our literature just like every other meeting we discuss it we usually pick a topic and a topic usually is recovery related and we sit there and discuss that topic so everybody can share their strengths and what they've done through situations. So we try to keep the war stories out. Right. So it's not triggering for anybody. Right. And we try not to give no medical advice because some people use the medical marijuana pathway. I practice absence. Right. You know, like, so I don't want to be triggered by your pathway. So, like, you try to keep some of that stuff out. But if it works in certain situations, I think it needs to be shared about. Because we don't want nobody to feel like they're not comfortable or welcome. Right, right. Because 
this for everybody. No, I get it, man. I I wanna. I think I, the first thing I want to say is just like when I was not as informed, or when I didn't understand as much, or when I was more ignorant to the world. Right. I I, I think I've made the joke that people on maintenance maybe don't belong in the the typical NA or AA. And, you know, they could probably just take the steps and go start a meeting for themselves, but they won't because they're not actually in recovery, right? That kind of joke. And I've made it, so I'm going to sit here and own it, right? Like, I I don't want to fake the funk. Um, But knowing what I know today, the fact of, like, what it would actually take to think about starting a new program or writing literature for it, even just parts of it, like, what a fucking task to, to take under your wing right and for you guys to take that on and like start doing this is just fucking incredible to me so a plus job not that it matters coming from me i'm just nobody sitting over here but that's awesome and thank you for like supporting the community i mean did you have a vision when you went into it or is it just kind of organically growing more and more we kind of had a vision because we didn't want to be segregated we don't consider ourselves a maintenance meeting right or made or a maintenance acceptance meeting okay we wanted a safe place for people to come that were on maintenance. Uh, at that point in time, I was actually, myself, I was on methadone maintenance um, and uh, medical cannabis. I still am on medical cannabis. I have been off of methadone maintenance for probably almost probably a year and a half by now. Nice. Congratulations. Um, yeah. It was tough, but right. well worth it. Um and, and like it's not to knock anybody that, that is still going to, on methadone and, and going to the clinic and things whatever it takes to keep your life manageable and keep you safe um, i'm all for it well you know and, and and i don't sit here and say that there's like i don't know if there's a one right way or a best way or any of that anymore but like okay in my mind yeah, I am thinking there's a little more freedom off of the maintenance treatments than there is on them. And that's probably where I hope to get to at some point if I'm working my way up, right? So so maybe there is levels or tiers, but either way, the whole idea in my head is that we call ourselves recovering mm-hmm. as in the active process of it. And aren't people taking those steps doing something? Like that's an active process of getting better in my mind so why are we not calling that recovering too 100%. you know um because there's been several times that we shared the definition of recovery in our meetings right because it's just a process of moving forward yeah i'm glad you brought that up actually because i know you know if i was to share my personal views of my recovery mm. uh, i'm i practice abstinence <clears throat> and my personal opinion is that an individual is not clean until they're clean Okay. But I'm still an active member of this organization because I don't think anybody should. That's my right, pathway. Right. That's what works for me. I don't think that, you know, maintenance works for me. Uh, that's the kind of addict I know I am. I know myself. This process of recovery and change for myself is a self-actualization process. Mm. So for me, that is my view But A, that does not necessarily, I feel like, give me the right to push that on anybody else because it might not be for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And B, I don't think any human being should ever be shunned, shamed, or chased away or chased back out simply because they don't recover the same way I do. And that's that's kind of amazing. Like, we have a lot of debates on here about 12-step programs in general and, like, It works for me. 
Well, well, my belief at this point in my life is that, like, I think they have been useful, but I think because of their holding on to not changing where they came from and the fact that we've got some newer information and science and newer understandings of the brain, I think there's places where they're keeping people from maybe finding different or, or possible more useful information at times, right? Just because of the way they were set up and the way they worked originally. There's also newer substances. Like, uh, not right. to, you know, excuse my language, but this ain't your grandma's heroin. Right, right. And, and <laughs> you know, and, and we don't know what those founding members that we put so much respect into, we don't know what they would have done if life-saving medications were available back then. We didn't have them. We don't know what their thoughts would have been on them as far as the program goes, right? But just in my mind, the fact that, like, you guys today, Angelo, you're a, you're a newer member who has probably, in my mind, been exposed to typical and traditional 12-step programs. I practice one. Right. And then, and then, you know, Matt, you're talking about going to these traditional programs and, like, choosing to move away from that because there was something that didn't feel good about it for you. And like, to me, this is the people I'm talking about when I'm saying these 12 steps are pushing some people in the wrong direction sometimes. And I think they're doing some harm. And like, I don't know, it's a joy to see that you guys felt just naturally pulled to a place that felt more inclusive and accepting. Well, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, there wasn't a 12 steps to push me out. I got involved with an organization called Voices of Hope working as a peer. Mm -hmm. I worked in harm reduction. So I've taking these trainings on harm reduction, taking these trainings to become a peer, right. really changed my outlook mm. on a lot. Of, and then I'm sitting there working, watching maintenance keep people clean. Right. Or sober, whatever. Keep people in recovery, whatever word you want to use. Right. And um, so that's what really changed my mind. It wasn't the meetings. It was me evolving mm -hmm. to the new age of things going on nowadays. Well, and, and thinking about it, if I walked into a, a, a meeting for the first time today and they were there was you know peripheral judgment or attitude towards a certain type of person doesn't matter if they're on mat's not on mat's doesn't even matter if i see that this is an environment where when people aren't around we talk bad about them i am no longer going to feel safe to share any of my shit because i don't know where the line is right yeah. i know there is a line i know there's a judgment and a shaming going on and i don't want to fucking cross it so now i better behave and keep all my secrets to myself and stay sick I, know I don't for, know for me because I'm you know this is my first time in recovery at 37 years old um and I'm coming up on nine months clean and I dove head first in this stuff man and it's it's really all I have I'm really passionate about it um so for me it wasn't even so much the programs themselves when it comes to like other fellowships and like you know 12-step programs you know because for me and the way that I've been working them into my recovery they are infallible the program itself is infallible. It has brought me to a more of a conscious contact with a higher power of my understanding. And it's able to work through me the more that I let go of my will and surrender to the process for myself. It's more, you know, humans are fallible, mm -hmm. you know. So, like, to see, I know I know what it's like and feels like to be extremely vulnerable, to not know who I am early in recovery without the use of substances and trying to do my best every day to figure that out. So community, 
you know, and like the social aspect of recovery is extremely important, or at least was extremely important for me early on. I'm going to scan the room with my addict brain. I'm going to read human beings with my addict brain. I'm going to overthink and overanalyze with my addict brain and see where do I fit in this. So like when those kinds of like things we're talking about, like that, that whether it's quiet, shaming, shunning, judging, or straight up out loud, like, you know, like savage with it. You know, the meeting after the meeting and da, 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 whispering and whatever, you know, like you were just mentioning that, mm-hmm. that feeling like, you know, somebody's being talked about like that when they're not around. Like that is extremely had has an extreme effect, I yeah. feel like, in my opinion, especially on individuals early in recovery, especially somebody like me. I'm somewhat younger, but I'm also young in the sense that I'm new to this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my mm-hmm. first go around. Like if I felt like I feel like if I was focused more on that than I was on the things that I was blessed enough to be able to stay focused on to build that strength to be like, well, I don't care what they think, you know, then I it, it could easily I could see how it could easily chase somebody out. For yeah, real. And yeah. I think I'm I'm thankful that all paths was where it was at when I came in, because I think that helped. It helped with that. And, you know, I had to learn because I thought it was actually just the name of a home group. <laughs> I did. I had, to, I had to actually of... realize that, oh, okay, it is its own thing. And I like so blessed. It's crazy, man. Nothing. I don't know. There are no coincidences, in my opinion, that when I came in, it, you guys were, you know, at the stage you guys were at, and I was able to jump in and just be of service and do whatever I could to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I see that mission statement over there. Let's, sure. let's hear So that. our mission is uh, we, the community of all paths, respect any persons experiencing recovery from addiction, offering all a safe and welcoming, non-judgmental environment that fosters self-development and well-being, striving to educate each other about all resources and skills available to help ensure lifelong success and recovery, recognizing those whose voices need to be heard and advocating for every individual's right to their own path in recovery. That's awesome. How did you guys um, like modify the steps or, or did you modify them to put different words? And I'm curious about that. Um, well, I, I know, I know for me, uh, religion was a hard thing for me coming into this. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took all the word God out. Okay. Um, everything is very similar. It's very modeled on the 12 steps. Okay. Um, he can read them if you would like. My reading skills ain't that amazing. I can write. I can't read. <laughs> um, what we're going to do is step work on these. We're going to use another program's kind of thing. is smart recovery. Okay. Which goes on your conjugal thinking. So we're trying to put together like this work because they go off of worksheets. Like you do worksheets. Right. So we're trying to put worksheets to each one of these steps. Gotcha. So not only do you have your normal step work, you've got this other conjugal thinking. So you're diving right, in just right. a little bit deeper than you're normally would right right so like what is what is uh what does step three say when when it says god what did you guys put in there it says we made a decision to accept that we cannot control everything assume a mindset of goodwill seek the wisdom of responsible others and discover our true voice from within okay 
That yeah, that's and there, nice. There is a mentorship to it as well. And the, now, what made you guys decide to go with the the idea of like the and I, did you call it like a big brother, little big sister kind of thing earlier? Yeah, like the mentor or calling it more of a big brother or sister thing. Like, what made you use that terminology over sponsor? More of the hierarchy. Okay. Um, because you think of your brother, you think of a sibling, right? Someone that on a level playing field that may know have a little bit more knowledge, but they're not on a hierarchy. Like, I'm not your boss. I'm not your like I, I can't. I don't sit there and tell you what to do. I guide you with right. what to do versus telling you this is what you have to do. Yeah, I got it. I, when you said it earlier, it was like, yeah, I could see why they would change that. Like even in the therapy world, there's therapists that are really uncomfortable calling themselves like, "I'm the therapist, you're the client," right? So we right. kind of like we're fellow travelers, right? We're we're all just humans, man. 100%. We're all just trying to like figure it out. I, I could sit in a therapy chair and I'm also trying to figure out why the fuck I yelled at my kids last night and like <laughs> while I'm working with other people. So yeah, I, I like that. I like this idea of like, do you guys celebrate time? Cause I feel like that's another thing that kind of can, at least in the traditional way, that's, well, that's a hierarchy. What we usually do, um, recovery time. We, we, we give you a clap for first six, I mean, first year. And then when you get to a year, we, we have all pass hoodies. Okay. They say all pass down the sleeve, and got you can get your name on it. It's got our, our our logo on the back of it. So you get those things when you get to a year. Um, so pretty, we do pretty traditional celebration at a meeting too. Yeah, you do cake. Like they come in, they tell a story. Like it's pretty traditional because I know I know that I always like seeing celebration. Yeah. So. I got to work on mine. I got, I got one coming up the 24th. Oh, that's awesome, man. Eight years. How do you feel like, like you, you address the word sponsor in the the literature to make sure that feels a little less authoritarian or, or less like classist. How do you address that with the recovery time idea? Because I feel like that's another place in our 12 steps where, oh, that guy's got 20 years, he obviously knows more than me, or we should all default to his knowledge, or is there any way to kind of mitigate that? We or? really don't really get into that. Like, um, we do require a year or more to be a big brother. Okay. Um, so. And do you, have, have you mentioned before that they need to have worked through some steps? Yes. Okay. I thought I just. I yes. Um, been through steps. If as that's as the, like the minimum requirement. What the end goal here is to have multiple pathways. Like, yes, we have the 12 steps. Right. But I would love to have another pathway also. Like, branches off of other things. Like, smart recovery. recovery. So you have options. Like, this is the path I want to go. So you have more than just the 12 steps to work with. And this is optional. Yeah, we don't. This ain't mandatory. Like, this this is if you want them, they're here. Like, we don't read them at our meetings, but we do have them. So maybe what, um, and I don't know how to, to like put this into a vocabulary word cause I don't know if one exists, but the experience of coming into an all paths meeting obviously gave Jenny a, a very different feeling than what she's used to getting, walking into these other types of meetings. What do you think it is that is going on in your meeting that has this different feel or that brings this different vibe to the recovery atmosphere for one is the community because we're a very strong community like i said okay. we do a lot of things outside of our meetings like right. we're very strong we, we try to get everybody involved with everything um we do not have no judgment mm. so when you're at our meeting 
you're having discussions like me and you are, like all of us are right now. This is how we run our meetings. You know, how you go to your digital meeting, you share once, and then you're no. Like here, you have a discussion. Like okay. you can go back and forth and have full blown conversations. It seems tough with fifty people though. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does, but yeah. that's where the facilitator real because we do facilitate. We try to facilitate our meetings with two people. Mm-hmm. That way, we can kind of divert and keep things into a positive because we also want it to be in a positive manner because mm-hmm. um, we don't want nobody all oh, your pathways wrong like so, right. so we kind of throw blockers in there as soon as those things start to happen because it does happen because mm-hmm. not everybody is on the same page right and, right people just coming in still. right yeah. so we if somebody comes in i like to feel like i'm pretty educated and so steven so is angelo like we're all pretty educated on all pathways, like right. with me working in harm reduction, I've seen a lot of pathways. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about ever more data and information being introduced, like even sometimes having those hard conversations. Like, so like when we thought about doing this and sat down and it was like, you know, like I remember you came to me and you were talking about it, like, man, you know, maybe this and that about traditions and steps of our own. But then there was also like, was quite you know questioning it like i don't know if i want to or not some of us expressed that they're like eh, it's not really my thing and then i remember i said to you and you were like huh and you thought on it and i was like well you know we should at least try to try to take a whack at it and offer it you know because if we're gonna if it's gonna be all paths we're not all paths except 12 steps right you know mm-hmm. so if we're really gonna be genuine about this all paths then why not at least try it and try to offer it as well. You know, right. I know for me coming into those meetings, like I've seen some pretty staunch, stuck in their ways dinosaurs, as they call them, come into our meetings and drop their little knowledge bombs and it be receptive. You know, they're not be, you know, everybody hair down and like getting down to nitty gritty. I've been to some all pass meetings before where it, it was straight. We're having logical, rational debates and getting really into some for lack of a better term uncomfortable situations uncomfortable topics mm-hmm. uncomfortable you know um subjects involving recovery and involving like you know these changes that we're talking about that are here they're not going anywhere you know especially when it comes to the drugs man that are out now like that's the number one biggest one for me and i like how you talked about with the harm reduction because that's really what should be the main goal. You kind of took the words out of my mouth. That one, because all past started is just a harm reduction approach to recovery. And, and we've kept that core in there, but we've also added this and we've added that and tinkered with this. And uh, it's just. There's been mention of just about everything this area has to offer at one, at least one of, if not several of our meetings. I've like, I know I chair one that's a day meeting. I've spoke, I've touched on like Dharma recovery style stuff and Taoist philosophy at, at the meeting that I chair. Um, I've heard, you know, we've had speakers come from, uh, from smart, um, and celebrate. We've, we've done stuff with people from celebrate at the, mm-hmm. at the hikes, you know, which those hikes are awesome. Cause it basically, it gets to be something where we're somewhere in nature people are free to kind of like do what they want but at the same time everybody kind of like for the most part sticks together in a little like you know moving it's like a moving meeting you know is what it becomes like the guy will like say right before we start the hike like okay so you know i want you guys to like brainstorm and talk with whoever you're walking with as we do this hike and be like you know be like so 
think of something you've accomplished since being in recovery as a goal, something that you're focused on trying to accomplish short-term as a goal, and something you're focused on trying to accomplish long-term as a goal. And by the time we get back at the end of the hike, you know, see if everybody has shared about it, right. you know? So it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. I, I think definitely from what I'm hearing, like some of the things that are, are to your advantage and that are working well for you guys is like this smaller, close-knit community, right? You don't have to worry about the, the all-paz members in California just yet, right? It's it's right here and people know each other and that's working really well and there's connection and there's there's more connection through this like hiking idea and you're coming up with like the idea of, uh, you know, going out to, to help take care of people. I think a challenging piece to that as you guys grow, and, and one of the, the other pieces that I've seen as an advantage so far, just this idea that like you're new and not stuck to any idea. You're not married to anything. We're you guys are like, hey, let's try some shit out. I, oh, well, after three months, ah, that piece is kind of not doing it. Let's just cut that out and we'll move this way. And like that feels, that just feels so much easier, right? We don't have to get it right right now. We can just try shit. It's okay. And, uh, I think maybe some of the challenging things that might come as you guys are moving forward, and at least what I was thinking, like, we've talked about the idea of fidelity. Like, how do you keep fidelity or, or the sameness across the program, right? Like, I could do three group therapy sessions and give those people pretty much the same treatment. But then if more people want that treatment, well, now I got to hire people and train them and then hope that they're doing the same thing I'm doing, right? And I guess what I was thinking of was like, what happens when the person who's educated about the hikes and pointing stuff out isn't around anymore or an area starts a meeting that they don't have that or, you know, like, are these built into the program or is just this general idea built into the program of like, we do more than just come to a meeting because that might work. That might be reproducible. You know, I don't just thinking through these ideas. Um, well, what we usually do is we don't have no point people. Like we're all involved. Like gotcha. that's one thing. If I drop off, right now these guys can pick up where i dropped off like those right. those are one things that we do we we do stay very open with everything we got going on we're not secretive like we don't all right this is my job this is what i'm going to do like i mean we do lean to our own little things that we do but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can't just jump in and do what i do right like, you know what right. i'm saying or he can't just jump in and do what i do yeah i think that's one of the benefits of it being that we like welcome ever more information and knowledge and data is because it becomes this almost kind of like mutually arising aid this like almost like spontaneous order it starts to like emerge mm. that's what has fascinated me about it too but there is still like there is that looseness of autonomy in a, in a sense especially when it comes to the meetings mm. i would say like per meeting you might experience something a little different mm. but like there also is kind of like a template or like a like i what would you call it? Like a code of conduct almost? Like Yeah, that's what I wondered. Like, do the meetings, like, do the facilitators have, like, a guidelines or a, any sort of directive, like, that's, how to run a meeting? That's, we, we usually make them come to our meetings mm -hmm. that me and Steven usually run um, because we, we started the first one. So we, we like to model that one. And then we kind of let them come for, like, a couple of weeks, let them facilitate that meeting so we can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then we turn them loose, and I usually sneak in there and attend those meetings mm -hmm. to see how it's going. Um, because one thing I am finding is that we're in a lot of treatment centers. Mm. There's not very many treatment centers in the area. Um, we're in Brantwood. We're at New Beginnings uh, out in Bel Air, um, Adam in Baltimore. Like, we're in a lot of treatment centers 
around that it seems like that's been a, a big go-to for their treatment centers. Yeah, I imagine because Medicaid-assisted treatment or any, you know, newer pathways are more open in the treatment community now, probably what, 15 or 20 years ago, it was abstinence-based was it. Like, right. if you were in a treatment center, it was abstinence-based. It was 12-step, you know, and that's kind of the model. Uh, and that sort of changed. So there was a big—I mean, we've seen issues with recovery housing and stuff are falling into the same traps of like, okay, well, what do you do with people that are on Suboxone or Methadone? Should they be in the same house with someone that's abstinence-based? Yeah, and it's, it's definitely out. a growing area, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we, we do do a lot of stuff with recovery houses also. And yeah. like we're tr there's a, a recovery house in Aberdeen that I, we just recently started working with and their, their rules are very lenient. Um, and I don't know how it's going to work for them yet, but we're trying to navigate, help them navigate through that situation because it's going to be a rough road. This right. is cutting edge. Definitely. They, they got mental health in the same house. They got. Uh, maintenance in the same house. They got medical marijuana in the same house. Like so, like this, and they got ten guys in this house. So it's definitely going to be a path that's going to be. So I don't know how it's going to play out, but we're definitely trying to navigate, help them navigate through that situation, and see what happens. Because I don't, I, at this point, I don't know what's going to happen. Didn't you mention to me that the penalization process is like you know what quantifies a automatic discharge is actually even a little different than, yes than a very traditional recovery house. yes they um they can have relapses and stuff like that and they really take anybody that nobody else wants mm. like that's what's really good about it is because they take somebody that's yeah. right there there's that line too right like is what i was talking about earlier where it's like i me personally in my view i'm abstinent so it's interesting that, you know what I mean? Like sometimes people get confused when they see how involved in this I am, mm -hmm. right? Because they know. They see me in certain other rooms. They see me active in those rooms for my recovery, right? And for that, there's for those communities. You know, I'm very passionate about it as well. But then I'm still over here doing what I'm doing. And there's that line again, man. Like there's some people that would be like, what? An individual relapses and doesn't get automatically kicked out? Like that's very... We're getting into some stuff there, mm -hmm. man, you know? Because I do believe, like, uh, the harm reduction thing does work. I've seen it. I've worked for Voices of Hope for almost two years. I've seen it. Right. There's been people, prime example, sitting beside me mm -hmm. that was homeless in the... Sorry, I don't mean to put your story out there. Do you mind? No. That was homeless in the Absolutely woods. Absolutely not. I ever loud. <laughs> he was homeless in the woods, living in a tent. Me and this young man would walk down there and see him every week and and help him with his needs right. for, for his addiction. And um, eventually he came to us and was like, dude, I'm ready. Hmm. And now, I, I know, I remember the day like it was yesterday. So now he's got nine months sober and doing amazing in this recovery thing, part of a program that we helped start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just amazing because I've seen Very the harm. Important. I've seen the harm, redu uh, harm reduction approach work. Like I've seen it with my own very own eyes. Hmm. You're making me think of like something that uh, we don't tend to typically tend to picture is the early days of AA or NA or 12 steps in general. So like we talk about our service structure, you know, the service structure in 12 steps and it's the upside down pyramid and the home groups are at the top and blah, blah, blah. But all that service structure was derived from a couple of guys saying, all right, these are the rules. Now I'm going to let you guys be in charge at the level of the groups. <laughs> But the rules were already established by a couple of people because I was just sitting here thinking, like, if you guys want to change your program, is it like a 
vote amongst the people who come to all pass no it's these three guys and they're figuring out what the fuck they want to do but that's probably how they all started yeah right you know well, what i mean I say, kind of somebody had to make up the committee right 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 <laughs> yeah. that's what we're venturing into now um this is i'm talking long term now i'm not talking mm-hmm. tomorrow i'm not talking next year but these are some of the goals that all pass does have um we are going to build a board we are going to start start a non-profit mm-hmm. because we got to Nobody even donate to us to help us with anything because we don't have a tax ID number. Right. So, like, we don't make no money. Like, you know, we did do an event. This is how, this is when I knew this was serious. We did an event. We did a five-speaker jam, five-people speaker jam. I expected 30 people. Like, we did it very, very low budget. We did it at, at my property. Quickly, too. Yeah, within a month. Like, we planned it within a month. Um, we ended up having over 100 people. And from all pathways. From all pathways. Because what we did is we found a speaker from NA, AA, uh, Smart Recovery. Like, we did every little thing that we possibly could do from every program that we could find. And it really went without a hitch. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything better. Like, I was definitely amazed. And that's why I knew this was really vital. I remember the, the meeting right before we had it, and I was like, man, I'm nervous. I don't think anybody's going to show up. We're charging people to come to a barbecue. Like, who does that? And uh, sure enough. It was man, one of they, a <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Sure enough, they came out hard. They came out deep and showed support. And uh, I just want to say that I am thankful for everyone that attended that barbecue. Uh, put a lot into perspective for me, for you as well. So, this will let me know that it's possible, mm-hmm. you know, and that I mean, some of the, especially like a couple of the speakers, they they are, they do not play. They like their recovery is beast mode, with years under their belt, and they are definitely very, for the most part, set in stone members of of other fellowships. But to see them there and to hear them share their experience, strength, and hope, you know, and it didn't, I didn't change a thing. Knowing where they were, you know, what the event was for, it didn't change a thing. It, it, you know, it, it put in perspective for me that this is more than just the reject maintenance meeting. (laughs) Well, it's, it's also fascinating. It's fascinating to think that like when I came around to 12 steps, I remember hearing frequently this idea that like, Oh, this is where the misfits fit. Mm -hmm. And like, now it feels like we almost need other programs for the misfits from that community fit, you know? Yeah. I think that's a thing in recovery. Like as I've grown in recovery, and I guess my story is maybe a little different than what Jason would say. Like, as I've been in recovery, my idea of recovery has grown and changed within the 12-step fellowship that I'm a part of. So, like you said, like people going to the meeting and with the intention of walking out on that person. Like, that's totally shitty. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that represents the fellowship that I am a part of. I think that's a bunch of assholes taking an idea and being a bunch of assholes mm-hmm. is what that is. But to me, that's not representative of what I think, you know, the steps and traditions and that stuff are about. But it's taken some time to grow in that belief. And it's good, you know, to see, like, how do we get these different factions of recovery together to form 
a community. You know, we have this group that's in this fellowship and this group that's in this fellowship and this group that's in this fellowship. And we've spent a lot of time sort of like judging and poo-pooing each other and they're doing this wrong and they say this about us and we say that about them. And, you know, that's where you go if you want to get laid and this is where you go if you want to recover. And, you know, all Wh- that shit. Which one do you go to for later? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where that whole, that, that principle of a personality aspect could really be a saving grace. You know what I mean? Because especially if we're going to talk about anonymous fellowships and the purpose behind it, I mean, it says it right there clear as day, you know, why anonymity is so important. It's not just about not mentioning that you saw a judge, what's his face in the meeting last night. It's about not putting my hands in rippling the water, you know, principles. My, if I'm mucking up the message with my personality, it's, it's going to, you know, going to cause more harm than good so like it's but at the same time i get it too like how can i so like say like i've, I've had some pretty in-depth some deep conversations in the base with some people in recovery that are like well what do you think about you know these changing things like say for example we're in maryland right now and what recently happened with a particular particular narcotic you know that nobody's ever died from we don't really know what's going to happen in the future. There's some really experimental things happening with that particular substance, but we do, you know, the undeniable numbers and science is there for its medicinal purposes, you know, but now like, that's not to say that some people I can think of off the top of my head that just don't need to be walking into stores and <laughs> buying packs of, <laughs> of joints, you know, they could, they could do without, <laughs> but like, how can I sit here and just be like, Oh, well now that means everything has to change. You know, like how can I expect something like say, you know, an anonymous fellowship that has the word in their name to now be accepted. Like, you know, it's just, it's not realistic. I can also admit that, you know? So, like, that's why I think something like this is perfect to fill that gap. Well, I think the debate gets to be what what do you define as recovery? And because that's such a personal decision for each person, what recovery looks like is very personal to each person. You know what I mean? And and so that's where it can get a little confusing. And that's another thing. I can read this this literature right here. You can read this literature right here. That doesn't mean we're going to interpret it exactly the same. So that's, that's everybody's opinion is going to take effect in their in their recovery. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another thing that I see is, is something, a vision, is I don't, I, I want everybody to feel accepted. Just because you go to AA, I still want you to be accepted in this meeting. Just because you go to NA or whatever your program may be, like, mm-hmm. I want you accepted in this program. I want to fill that void where there's not the, I'm better than you, I'm, I'm this, that, and this. Like, right. it's a common space for everybody. It almost feels like it would leave a lot more space for, like, this is what I do maybe try it out instead of Definitely. this is the yeah. right way and how recovery works. 100%. I feel like there's a lot of this is the way in, right. in 12 steps, that, unfortunately. The ladder that you just mentioned happens a lot in these meetings. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, people see some different versions of what recovery looks like and then say, oh, well, maybe, you know, I can change a little bit or... Or tweak it a little right, bit. Tweak like, it a little whatever bit. I got to do to make this work for me. Like, what can this do? How can I make this work for me? Is, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about what you were saying, Billy, about the the challenge of like those people that were going to walk out of the meeting aren't the program or the meeting. And like there's actually cases where them amplifying the negative actually does good for the whole situation because then more other people step up and amplify the positive that maybe they wouldn't have. Right. So that's not terrible. But just thinking as we kind of niche out in our population, you know what I mean? Like we have the Internet and now there's people who can be into like, you know, I like watching bees fuck flies or whatever they want to do on Saturday afternoons. And then there's a whole community of people like them and they're not different anymore. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're the bees fucking flies community (laughs) on Saturdays or whatever. Like it was easy to say that one asshole in the back of the meeting is just an asshole. Right. But when you can get a fucking group of people to go to another meeting to walk out, like at some point that just looks like the program, whether it is or not. And it's great that me and you can say that's not really what the program is, but what does it look like to everybody watching? You know, and at that point, what help is it? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not trying to diss it. Especially those early, like I was mentioning earlier, especially those early in recovery, man. There's a couple models that are sort of like this that I, I've ran across. Like we're not the, we are the only all pass, but there right. is a couple models because you do have more, but they they concentrate on just like better just just the math right, program. Right, right. Like they're not they don't accept everybody. Gotcha. And that's one thing that we really when we sat down and did this literature, you know, we really worked hard on this because we got full out readings. It was like a full meeting. It's mm-hmm. like an average meeting. We got full out readings closing all those things and like we really wanted to concentrate on unity mm-hmm. because i don't know one person that can recover by themselves yeah i think that recovery cafe does something similar but they're more like a community organization like a hub. yeah they're not mm-hmm. like a fellowship so mm-hmm. they're a little different but the idea is kind of similar but they're i think like a non-profit you know organization that I think they just foster meetings. They're not like having and chairing their own meetings. Yeah. All right. So I'm thinking about coming to an all pass meeting because, you know, why not? Right. I mean, Jenny sold it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I'm like, when's the next meeting? (laughs) But, but, but you might make or break it on this next question. I just just wanted to say quickly. Go ahead. Um, I am, you know, I'm not condoning walking out on somebody's meeting or anything, but look, I am super grateful for them doing that because that's when you really, was like, man, I'm, I'm in here. Let's, let's do this. And we buckled down, and we really made this a thing. Um, it's a really shitty thing to do, but hey, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> it's a blessing. You know, <laughs> we just built this off of somebody else's being shamed and things like that. So yeah, and and this person's actually became a huge part of all past uh, since she's been around. So um, grateful for that as well. She does a lot for us and with us you know there's a there's a quote from the bible um that no weapon formed against me shall prosper or some shit like that right like i'm not a bible guy i'm not even christian but that idea that if i can stay in the right calm peaceful place inside my body things don't feel like they're happening to me or against me like if i can just hold on long enough everything works out to my benefit i just gotta wait for the moment when the benefits come from it (laughs) yeah and unfortunately the truth is if you go to enough meetings if they're not talking about what you're using or if you relapse it's going to be who you're sleeping with or what you do at your job or what you do here so i mean judgmental people (laughs) are going to be judgmental about whatever the fuck they want to be judgmental about you know that's more of a personality 
defect. I was just thinking <laughs> that isn't being addressed. Maybe if if us five went to a meeting right now, oh, fuck, I'd do it. So <laughs> Say we went to a meeting tonight. We're like we're gonna go to the Sunday night uh, uh, hang from the ceiling meeting or whatever, right? And you go in there and everybody's getting spears put through them and people are hanging from the ceiling from their skin and stuff. Like I don't know about you guys, that's not my thing. Some people it is. That's cool. That would be their meeting, right? But I would be like, holy fuck, that's not. 12 steps or that's not an na program but if that was our first meeting <laughs> what the fuck would we be thinking right yeah. that's not how i want to recover fuck. so it's just like yeah how do we mitigate that in a world where where there unfortunately are it's not just one crazy guy in the back right and i guess we have more accepting spaces right and, yeah. oh i want to go back important question of whether yeah. i'm going to come or not yeah 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 do you guys discourage people from getting in relationships in the first <laughs> Just curious. We don't have 37 rules yet. All right, all right. Hey, it's not really come up. That's not in any literature anywhere, either, by the way. And that doesn't mean we're all giving handies under the table. Yeah. I mean, you might pick up your attendance even yeah, more. Yeah, you might. Yeah. Just you saying. Um, what do you feel Encourage like is... Encourage relationships <laughs> right, in the first right. year. Like, Everybody should hook up on their first night out of rehab, <laughs> right. goddammit. Um, what, do you, what do you guys feel like makes the difference what makes you feel at home here is it is it really just this comfortable vibe of acceptance everywhere is, is that what so. okay because um i don't feel like i have to and i'm not bashing other fellowship because obviously i've worked in other fellowship and it works for me mm -hmm. like it, it definitely worked for me like i'm sober like yeah it worked for me right and i got a little time under my belt i ain't got decades but i got a few i got a few years under my belt cool. you know so it definitely worked for me but um I guess the family aspect. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never went to a meeting and walked outside and still stood there for an hour and a half and talking. Like, right. you know, like, it's not everybody don't leave the meeting, like, boom, right out the door. Like, so we just, like, the family aspect and, and the conversations. I feel like I get to know, know you better because we're debating mm -hmm. versus you just sharing your story or sharing a bit about what's going on in your life. Like, right. we're actually debating so I get to know your points of multiple things. We, right, yeah, we, right. we talk about relationships. We talk, we talk about codependency. Like we got several different topics that we use as a model to open those doors to where you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I feel like when I got introduced to, uh, my, my program was generally narcotics anonymous. I got introduced in the late nineties and, it felt a lot like that. Honestly, back then, it felt like we would stand around easily for an hour after the meeting and have conversations or we were going somewhere to get coffee or food. And like, it does seem like over time, and I don't know if that's just too many people or what has happened, but it does feel like it's kind of moved away and everybody just wants to get back to the home after the meeting. I think also talking about bigger changes, technology being introduced to our world, right? People got stuff to do. I got to get home and do this thing on my phone or go home and watch that show on Netflix. And Facebook's like, waiting. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like maybe, maybe some of that has influenced it as well. But, but I like the idea of this smaller, more close knit thing. And it, it's interesting that we talk all the time, like what makes recovery work? And they're like, the thing that feels great about this is like connection, family, safety, right? Like not feeling like I was going to be judged at any right. given moment. And I, that's I, awesome. I think it's newness too. It is attractive. You know, the fact that it's a brainchild for lack of a better mm. term. I, I like the fact that I can, I can be my real authentic self and people love me for it. You know, I don't, I don't have to go in there and be fake. And if I had a bad day, I'm going to let y'all hear about it. You know, they, and, and everybody, 
is going to receive that and and they'll give me feedback on just how to proceed or or whatever the case may be but just for me to be able to come in there and be real and um uh, be accepted for being myself uh, I, I, I fucking love it you know that's a good point with the feedback too because the average all paths meeting that i find myself attending there is a mix you know like uh, how i was saying earlier about it you know it's more that in-depth realization it was more than just you know the reject maintenance meeting you know because there is a big there's it's not just that even when you're in the meeting there are plenty like like i said i myself personally work an abstinence program i'm very serious about that for me because i i'm you know learning more every day the type of addict that i am the way this addiction works in my brain i just can't i i have i have to be abstinent you know so i think steven you've kind of mentioned this is like your i'm gonna say only recovery program right like this is what you do for your recovery do you do both fellowships angelo yeah. or do you just do the one or I do how's that work one. so yeah Okay. You do both. Well, I do well, you all do, pads. Yeah, you're in yeah. all pads. Okay. So it can work either way. It can be it's standalone thing or it can be like a complimentary well, to. And see, that's another thing that I've, I don't want to ever insinuate or try to force. Like, because I like that people work double programs. Mm -hmm. Because you may get something from this program that you may not get from the other one. You may get something from the other one that you're not getting from this one. Like, I, I don't feel like closed minded helps your recovery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to be honest with you, like, I think a lot of people really recognize this is because we get so much recognition from the community. Like we got so many people like Boys and Hoes been a huge supporter. Mary Randall's been a huge supporter. The Help Center is a huge supporter. Like we got all these big organizations with that throughout the county that are huge supporters. Mm -hmm. And Serenity, that that's the local clinic. Like that woman's blessed us more than anything like right. she's really stepped up she's got us in two of her buildings like hmm. and, and she even they got to attend groups when they use her facility like her her program right we sign off on those slips nice. nice so so it's like she really thinks this is going to do something for them right right I, i'm curious about this and I, i'm just kind of trying to figure it out for narcotics anonymous too i'm not sure i really know so Narcotics Anonymous literature says you're a member when you say you are. So all it takes for membership is to say you're a member and then you're an NA member. But then we also have a special rule about what is abstinence, which I don't know why we need it even because you don't need to be abstinent to be a member. So I was really just right. getting confused. I was like, why do we even have a why do we have a definition of abstinence? What's the point? So we don't. It, it's not a written rule of abstinence that was like a public service statement to try to address within recovery uh centers recovery organizations like what we what i can't say we what narcotics anonymous would define as abstinence based versus what's they would consider not and that statement was put out mostly to keep people from coming in with bad information like it, it and not say bad information, that's the wrong way to say that. But they didn't want people at methadone clinics telling people, hey, go to N.A., you're clean when you go there, and then them get there and not get a warm reception. Mm -hmm. And we so Narcotics Anonymous put out a statement that says, hey, we don't have an opinion on this, whether it works or not. 
is Bulletin 29, I think is what it's called. But that wasn't like a general piece of literature that was released to the entire fellowship. It was like a public bulletin that was put out more for medical treatment purposes to so it wasn't like a yeah it wasn't like meant to be something that's like read in meetings or pushed as Mm -hmm. an ideology well i was thinking more just within the fellowship itself because the question i wanted to ask them was are there any specific rules that you have to follow to be recovering according to your program and the more I thought about it, I was like, but why would they have it? Because they're going to say the only requirement for membership is the desire to be here. And why do we even need rules about if you're in recovery or not? And I was wondering why our, why Narcotics Anonymous, the fellowship, the people, me and you, like, why the fuck were we so hung up on the definition of abstinence when it really has nothing to do with our program? Yeah, and individual meetings do what they want. It's I mean, so you can be, a, I mean, you're still a member if you relapse or you're still a member if you're actively using. That you doesn't are. mean you're not a member of the fellowship. Right, which is why I don't know why we're hung up on whether people are abstinent or not anyway, because it really has no bearing on anything. Like, Our slogan. You're a member. Who gives a fuck if you're absent or not? That's right. shit. So that's the, ideally, that's oh. where people should be. Yeah. I mean, what? that's, <laughs> I, well, I guess like, that's, that's what, what I think. Why, where did we go wrong? You know. Why aren't we there? Right. Um, I guess for like that unity versus the personal mm. comes into play too, you know, because right. like it, it talks about, you know, the only way that the individual's personal recovery can be guaranteed is through that <laughs> unity, right? Right. So, like, that's where I guess it gets down to what I was talking about earlier, where it's like, yeah, that might be my perspective. Like, I don't consider myself clean unless I'm doing the best I can to work in abstinence, a program of complete abstinence from all drugs. But, like, at the same time, I'm, I'm just a fucking junkie. So, who am I to tell anybody else that that's what they have to do or they're not doing what I'm doing? <laughs> so, we had a speaker, that speaker, Jan, that we were speaking of, that uh-huh. I spoke about. Um, and he has multiple dates. He calls them recovery dates. Mm-hmm. He has multiple dates throughout his timeline. And when he shares his story, he tells, like, this is when I stopped doing this. I started doing this. And it sh- sh- shows, like, a timeline mm-hmm. of his recovery. Right. And we have our, our slogan is, you're in recovery when you say you are. Mm-hmm. Because who am I to determine what your recovery looks like? Right, right. Yeah, I guess we as people, with, with wanting to follow the rules, have kind of decided it's our job to police everybody else's cleanness or abstinence or there's weird benefits to both like so i can see the purpose of being at a meeting that specifically addresses like addiction you know a meeting that specifically addresses alcoholism if you think that's a different thing or not Mm -hmm. that's again an opinion a meeting that specifically addresses gambling a meeting that specifically addresses sex or you know love like we have all those different fellowships and there's a great I think need for that if you're caught up with that particular issue because those people are going to relate to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're going to know the intimacies of the struggles with some of that stuff, whereas I might not understand the intimacies of the issues around gambling. I'm, I don't gamble. I've done it a few times. I lose money. I get pissed off, and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I don't know how anybody would like this. Yeah. But people obviously struggle with that, and it's a huge issue. So, you know, to me, going to that meeting wouldn't be of benefit but a meeting that sort of addresses all those, I think, has a purpose, too. See, that's another thing with the Big Brother thing. Just because you're comfortable, like, say we're at a meeting and you're struggling with something, and I share on something, and you realize, and you're, Stephen's your big brother, right? We'll say Stephen's his big brother, and you share, on, I share on something that you realize that you have a problem with. I want you to feel comfortable coming to me and be able to 
to specifically talk to me because you know that I've been through that situation versus, oh, that's my sponsor. I got to go talk to him right. about this situation. I want to be like a like a group of people. Right, right. Just because when you have a situation doesn't mean your sponsor knows absolutely everything that you're going through or how to handle it better than somebody else would. Right. So right. like I just like a big brother can be anybody in the organization that's willing to, to do so. Gotcha. Yeah, there's that there's that that's where that melting pot comes into play, right? With the ever more knowledge and data and like really bringing it in. And I wouldn't say that that's not necessarily existent or non-existent in other fellowships. I know the one that, that I'm a member of, um, you know, I've heard it put that way where it's like, okay, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm a man, if I'm a married man and I'm struggling in my marriage, I'm not going to go seek out a single man to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you single know? women. Yeah. <laughs> married Sorry. women, what's that? Yeah. You know they what probably I mean? know like, Maybe they'll keep else. their secrets better. <laughs> like it's gonna be suggested by my sponsor in that fellowship. Like, well, if, you know, if they have half a brain and they're trying to actually do what they should be doing and instill something in me, they're gonna be like, obviously, don't go talk to the the single guy after the meeting. And you're that don't make it, you know, like not he can be in your network, but you're not gonna get much out of him in the sense of a, a struggling married man that's that's having some marital problems, you know. Mm-hmm. So. So there are stuff like that that is there, but that's, I feel like it's unspoken. It doesn't really get, nobody just like opens that can of worms and like comes outward about it. In, in all past meetings, it definitely is there. Like, you know, that melting pot of like, well, actually, you know, it's funny you say that because this is our topic today, you know, and then everybody chimes I, in. I studied a lot of fellowships before I, I really got in. I've been to celebrate recovery. Um, they got a very close model to this called Harm Reduction Works. It's up at, based out of Man, uh, Massachusetts. It's very small, kind of just like started out like we did. But they're they're more they do more Zoom meetings than anything. I studied Mara. Like I, I've I still study a lot of different pathways, mm-hmm. psychedelics. Like we got people come to our meetings that are, that is their pathway. Mm-hmm. They microdose and do those things. Yeah, and, and assisted therapy where there's an like a, a clinician sits I, in and everything. Recently, I've been looking at the ketamine therapy. Like it's just like a lot of different paths that I really want to get into. Right. I mean, maybe not as far as fellowship. Right. right. But as far as knowledge, mm-hmm. because the more knowledge that I have on anything out there, better off I am. And I think it really comes to a lot because there's a lot of peers involved with this. There's right. a lot. <laughs> Like most of our meetings are ran, not, I won't say all, but there's a few of our meetings that are ran by peers. There's a lot of peers that are involved with, with this fellowship. A lot and, of abstinence-based recovery individuals yeah. that volunteer too. Definitely. I mean, so I just be honest, like as an abstinence person, like my immediate hang up, I guess, fear is that I worry it would make using appealing in a way that I don't, like I know I'm not, above using <laughs> you know right. what i mean like i know i'm not above it at all and like recently i've had some people that i know that have decided to do you know marijuana and different stuff and i'm like that turns on shit in my brain you know that's like not i want to say triggering but it's like gets me thinking oh maybe i could do that now maybe Same. that would be okay and and that's like a fear but you said you guys address that some or at least try to acknowledge oh, yeah. that like, like if somebody's yeah. struggling with that like I, I me personally like i was tossing the idea because I'm getting ready to celebrate five years in December. That was a good discussion. Yeah, so day. we went into it. Like I, we was in a meeting. Like we had a whole discussion about it. Like the whole group gave me feedback. Not what they thought I should do. 
I wasn't there, was I? Nope. No, you <laughs> needed you needed my feedback. <laughs> the pros and cons. Steve is going to give you his feedback right the, now. Yeah. <laughs> the pros and cons of those things, and like, that I, was a good meeting. It was a really good meeting because it gave me a lot of different people's outlooks, <gasps> not their opinions. Was there any medical cannabis patients? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Like it was, it was, it was a half and half, really. Like it was a really good conversation because I got a lot of insight on what could happen from both angles. Mm-hmm. And, like, I ultimately have to make my own decision. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And, like, it's just one of those things that, because I figured if I went five years, why would I want to change my pathway now? Mm. But I don't want to, also, I know I don't want to go on doctor meds because, like, those are things, all reality of yeah. some people's lives. Like, yeah. so I have ADHD like a motherfucker. I have. Uh, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. Um, so I use medical cannabis as an alternative to psych meds. I don't like how psych meds make me feel. They turn me into a different person, uh, water me down, whatever you want to call it. So I found that medical cannabis helps tremendously with all these things. Um, and, and I'm a huge advocate for medical cannabis. I'm a huge, um, just, I just really am passionate about that and, and what it does for my mental health. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm glad you did because I literally agree with almost every word you just said as far as like advocating and understanding that the science isn't really going anywhere now anytime soon. But at the same time, I know that I can't. Yeah, it's not for everybody. You not know? for everybody. But like, yeah, yeah. I still, who, who, you know, I nobody to be like, well, fuck that science, right? Because it's there <laughs> and it's not going anywhere. You know, guys, keep an eye on time. We're uh, we're getting close here. Um, really want to make sure we people know how to get here, right? Like, obviously, this is a local thing at the the moment. So, I guess question one is, if you're around the Maryland area where these meetings might be, how do you find out more we about also, them? We have a Facebook group, perfect. That has almost 600 members. Um, that we actively post mm. all of our events 24 well i don't want to say 24 hours but mm. a lot of hours of support if needed right because right. somebody always goes right on there and addresses any issues as far as because we got like six seven moderators mm. that take care of that group and we try to a lot of peers if somebody's struggling they reach out like boom we're on it so we, we do have facebook Awesome. We will have that Facebook link underneath this episode. You can just go down and click on the little link. Question for members who aren't in Maryland, who this sounds like something they want. Maybe they were just at a meeting where a group of people came just to walk out and they heard about it and ain't feeling real good about it. How would they go about starting one of their own or getting in touch with you to get the, the basics of like, what does this foundation look have, like so we can start? I do have all um, email. It's all past recovery. Okay. Uh, Gmail. Awesome. Um, so they can email that or, once again, the is Facebook. That, is that all one word? Yes. All lowercase? Mm-hmm. All pass recovery at Gmail. Yeah. Um, and, once again, the Facebook is very active. Awesome. Because uh, it goes right to my phone. I don't even have a personal Facebook. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it goes right to my phone. So Everybody I'm, thinks he's just all pass. <laughs> <laughs> my name's just all pass. <laughs> my name's all and I'm an addict. But I do want to read this closing because this closing is very important to... Our recovery. Okay, but how would you introduce yourself to read that in a meeting? I my my name is well we don't we introduce ourselves at the beginning of the meeting. Everybody. Everybody. How do they do it? 
Um, hi, my name's Matt. I'm in recovery. Um, my my pathway is abscess. Uh, do you have to say your pathway? Or? You don't have to. Okay. Absolutely not. No, but I, I, I just say I'm Steve, medical cannabis. That's okay. just throw and it out re- there. And the reason for that, right, let's say, once again, you're having those ideas uh-huh. of maybe switching your pathway. Yeah. We want you to know that's his pathway, and he's comfortable in his pathway. Right. So that way you can go get his feedback on that pathway. Got it. Got it. So hit, hit us with the clue. We always say, like, you know, if, if everyone's comfortable, let's go yeah. ahead. And you, don't, you don't necessarily you don't have, have to say, to say anything. Yeah. All right, so these are closing, tend to be the closing statements of the meetings. <clears throat> Rock Bottom became the foundation of our new beginning for a chance to build and to be better than any time before. So from this point on, we will look forward because things will get better. Things may seem cloudy now, but the storm always moves forward just as we should. Not saying it is easy, but well worth the wait. You weren't created to live feeling shamed, depressed, or unworthy. One of the hardest things to learn is that you are worth your recovery. There is no right way or wrong way for your path as long as you do not stop. It is not a race, so do not feel guilt if it is taking longer than you thought. You don't get over an addiction by stopping using. You recover by creating a life where it's easier not to use. A life where you learn to recover without living the life you once knew. Man, that is beautiful. And, and just what you guys are doing for the community, right? We can come on here. We can talk about it. We can have a lot of fun on a Sunday morning. But truthfully, like, you guys are taking your time, dedication, and spirits and, and putting it into a thing to try to make for a more rich and full community and a place where people can come when they felt the ways we've all felt at the bottom, right? And so, like, thank you for that because we need more and more of that. I appreciate it. And I want to say, I think what's making it successful is that it's built on this idea of, like, compassion and love for other people regardless of judgment and stuff. And that's, I think, what the foundation of any recovery path for anybody should be. And it's a shame that it isn't that in all the pathways. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so thank you for being it's there. there. Yeah. It's what, there. It's I really, I really think if you look out the right people, yeah, yeah you can a find A lot it. of the path, like AA, for example, was built in 1930-something, so like... It's changed. Stuff's <laughs> changed. Just a little. And, and NA was what, 1985? I'm not real familiar with NA. 1950. Yeah. 50, 50, when was there steps and stuff put in? 53 is when they became oh, an okay. official fellowship. There was meetings and stuff before that. Okay. But, so like that's old kind of like this yeah Yeah. like that's old like people in long-term recovery like not that i'm bashing anybody in long-term recovery because i gradually all every single one of them yeah they obviously figured something out um they had this x x type of drug nowadays they don't have an x type of drug like now things are harder to get off of things are because not only like what you use the heroin supply around here because once again i work for voices hope and we do have a rad program and we do test all the drugs. Mm-hmm. I've been there for two years. I haven't seen heroin. Mm-hmm. So, it's a different beast now. So yeah. now not only are they detoxing from what they call fentanyl, they're the thiazine. Xylazine. Z- yeah, yeah Z- I can't even pronounce the word. But it's in there also, which is a tranquilizer. So now you're detoxing off two, two things at one time, yeah. which makes things a lot harder. And sometimes even some of the maintenance doesn't even work. Right. 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 And then when you go back, the, the, the number is ridiculous some like hundreds of a percentile chance that, that, that when you fall back that you won't survive it's, it's crazy i was gonna say i'm just always a person that's like the more the merrier like the more options of recovery yeah. we have for people the better it's like 100%. you're gonna catch you know more people are gonna get help more opportunities are gonna be available more people are gonna find a place that they feel loved and accepted and appreciated and that's i think 
the best approach to addiction at this point. 100%. I think Billy just gave you your motto, too. <laughs> It'd be something like... Uh, just took the word right out of my mouth. Something like... Uh, all paths of recovery should include love, compassion, and acceptance. But if you're finding yours doesn't, then come to all paths. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's I don't want to. I don't want to. Re, I don't want to redirect anybody from their pathway. Right. Right. Like, because if you're comfortable where you're at, like I'd love for you to stay there. Because I don't want to see. I don't want. I don't want the alternative. Right. Just because we're doing something doesn't mean I didn't want everybody to come to it. But we're here. Okay. Yeah. And see, I finally come to that point about my path of recovery too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't want to change nobody where it could be harmful for you. Right, right. So I, I even have the approach sometimes, and this is like a lot of people don't like this approach. Like I don't care if you're on X drug and you switch to this drug, as long as it's an improvement of your lifestyle, I support it. Right, like, right. And keep going and take your time. And then eventually you're going to go to this next step or stage of your life. And like I support all those stages as long as you're moving in a forward motion. Right, right. So go out there. Think about your pathway, guys. Think about if it has the love, acceptance, and compassion you think you're looking for in the world. Uh, maybe if all paths sounded like something that, that might touch your spirit, uh, look them up. You can check the Facebook link out. You can email them and talk to them if you want to know more personally. And uh, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. <laughs>